0: Cameron DeVazier. and I'm Mark Howard, and this is Talking Points. We're on our ninth lesson of our Genesis quarter here, and this title this week is Jacob, the Supplanter. Hmm. So we hmm. had three lessons about Abraham and the different experiences of his life, and and then Isaac and whatnot. Now we're getting into Jacob, and I think there's going to be a couple lessons. In fact, I know there's yes. going to be a couple lessons focused on the life and times of Jacob. Um, the Supplanter, of course, is what his name means, and we're going to dive into that in a minute. You actually put the talking points together this week, Pastor Howard. Yes. And so, we'll. Uh, any introductory comments you want to make, or should we just dive into prayer? Well, we're
1: let's getting... go ahead and have a word of prayer, and then we'll get in. Dive okay, into let's it.
0: pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to study this important lesson and the scripture that it's based on. Lord, help us to understand the, the stories better. Help us to see the... Um, the truths of your word, and especially as they apply to us today, Lord, make these, make this lesson practical in each life of teacher and member. For we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Well, as you mentioned, the lesson is called Jacob the Supplanter. I was a little disappointed, but I, I may have overlooked it, that nowhere in the lesson described the word supplanter. Huh. You know we don't we don't use the word supplanter much. Supplanter is what the name Jacob means, but a supplanter is somebody who usurps or tries to take another person's place or interject themselves in the place of another. Mm. And of course, Jacob was given that name when the he and Esau were, yeah, were from born. Birth. Yeah. And the Bible says he grabbed his brother's heel <laughs> on the way out, as if he were to yank him in or get it <laughs> yeah. take his place. And we see that then with a the later deception that we'll t- uh, talk about a little bit in our. Okay,
0: so essentially, again, as we mentioned, there's more than one lesson on Jacob. So this is not all the life and times of Jacob, but a few key lessons, I believe, right? No,
1: and so we have at least next week's lesson, and I will say, as we're going through these narratives, I had to fight with what I was going to actually use as a talking point. So there were Hmm. other things that could be brought up, one that I did not bring up this week that I really think I would probably touch on, and we've done it in a previous lesson, is some of the marriage principles the whole idea of a dowry uh, i was reading in prophets Mm -hmm. and kings and just the idea of a of a man showing himself able to take care of a family as a requirement in that in that not only in that culture but it's a biblical Mm -hmm. model and how it alleviated uh when followed so many different challenges so there's just some real practical um (laughs) especially the way the devil attacks marriage today and stuff so there are things Mm -hmm. in the lesson that could be brought in that we just didn't have time for well and especially
0: I mean, we're covering large chunks of story in each of these lessons, and no doubt, people relate to those, and will find something, boy, I would pull out of this, so this goes for another reminder, just because we're laying out our talking points doesn't mean these are the talking points, you can go a whole nother way, but... For this week, you drew out how many talking points? Is it three this week? Three. three. All right, going back I to almost classic. did four,
1: but I just gave the fourth. Like, hey, you I got a give.
0: bonus four in there. All so right. we got
1: three talking points. Talking point number one, God is greater than our character deficiencies. I've drawn that from Sunday and Tuesday's lessons. That's a happy point indeed. <laughs> uh, number two, Christianity is a personal religion. I've drawn that from Monday. Mm-hmm. And finally, God's ultimate plan is to lead us all home. I've drawn that from Thursday's Amen. lesson.
0: Amen. Sounds like a pretty happy lesson. Yeah, all of these are very positive and very uh, personable. I so, unlike it. me, I know what you're trying to say. I wouldn't have seen that <laughs> coming, though. <No. laughs> Of course we would. Now, to walk us through. Number one, God is greater than our character deficiencies. That's that's yes. uh, deeply resonating, probably for a lot well, of people. <laughs> the first the first question on Sunday's lesson, the top of the
1: lesson says, you know, read Genesis twenty five, twenty one to thirty four, and then compare the two personalities of Jacob and Esau. What qualities of Jacob predisposed him to be worthy of Isaac's blessings? Now, it's not a wrong question, but in reading some of Monday or Sunday's lesson you almost get a sense that the in, in fact the first paragraph talks about how the uh, Jacob is seen as a quote unquote mild person and Esau is more the hunter and what have you mm-hmm. and there's this mentality that if a person is quote unquote mild they're almost naturally predisposed to christianity And Mm -hmm. you and I were having a conversation earlier how Ellen White talks about in ministry, God would often link somebody mild with somebody who wasn't, like Peter and John. Yes, yes. And how uh, she talks about how Peter, who was so forward, if left by himself to preach the gospel, would have kind of maybe put off some people, offended Mm -hmm. some people. But if John had been left to the John and Peter and John were linked together in mm-hmm. ministry, if they'd been left to John, she says John never would have gotten off the ground because John just was too retiring and too mild and too, mm-hmm. and so God offset their characters. And I, I just the thing that struck me with this is I would hate for somebody who has a more of a mild personality, which some people just do, mm-hmm. to say, "Oh, I'm a shoe in," and somebody who mm-hmm. has a little bit more forward like, personality oh, say, so "I guess to I'm a, <laughs> yeah." yeah. The reality is, both Jacob and Esau had the same opportunities. And Jacob, the lesson is called the supplanter. It, Esau was called Edom, which means red, or nicknamed whatever yeah. because of the. But Jacob is the one that the lesson points out who was given the name supplanter or deceiver, not Esau. So mm. they both had challenges of character. Yes. I don't know if you went away before well, I was, before well, I I was looking at that. Says <laughs> what
0: qualities predispose? A couple of things stand out. First of all. A predisposition is not a predestination, right. and so we all have different traits of character that might be proclivities or bends toward one direction or another, but we all, regardless of whether we're mild or tough, whatever that means, yes. have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, so we That's all right. need character work, predisposition or not, number one, and I thought it was an interesting way to phrase it, predispose him to be worthy of Isaac's blessing. Well, how many times have we talked about how no one is worthy, no not That's one, exactly. so, so even <laughs> if he was what I don't know how you say closer to the kingdom or whatever. He was still not in his own merits had anything to recommend him for the honor and blessing of this birthright. So that's I like exactly where you're right. going with this. Both of these boys needed some work. Well, <laughs> and character. so the
1: next I, uh, the point I made in our notes is while it is true that character determines destiny, God is able to transform our characters, and that's the key. And that's what the gospel is all about. So you know the Bible talks about in Second Corinthians three eighteen that that were changed into the image of Christ from glory to glory, which means from one level or or stage of character to Mm -hmm. another. So there is a growth process. And I just want it to be clear to those who are watching Talking Points now, to those who are teaching classes that you make it clear to your class, That the gospel reaches everybody. Amen. And where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. God is able to change characters. In fact, why don't you read that quote from Christ's Object Lessons that speaks to that?
0: Yeah, page 331 says, Fate has not woven its meshes about any human being so firmly that he need to remain helpless and in uncertainty. Opposing circumstances should create a firm determination to overcome them. The breaking down of one barrier will give greater ability and courage to go forward. Press with determination in the right direction, and circumstances will be your helpers, not (laughs) your hindrances. I love
1: that statement. Fate has not woven its meshes
0: about any human being. Nobody's so
1: fixed where they are that God can't set them free. And so, it's powerful. And if I were to
0: honestly pull back from... Almost everything we've looked, especially as we look at the, the narratives of people's lives, Abraham, mm. Isaac, Jacob, now, that transformation of character is kind of why the whole thing is written, to that's see exactly the father of right. the faithful had to go through growth, and Jacob here is going to have to go through growth, Esau that's himself, right. so that's a very important point.
1: That's right, and, and as you mentioned, we see that we see that in the flow of this story this week with the life, and next week we'll see also in the life yep. of Jacob. So, talking point number two, Christianity is a personal religion. So we have the experience this week where it highlights the deception of Jacob deceiving his brother out of his birthright, first of all, mm-hmm. over a bowl of stew. And then and that's a whole other thing you could spend a lot of time going over, just how, you know, Jacob uh, esteemed the spiritual blessings more than Esau. Esau lived for the here and now and didn't look to the future, and that's a very practical lesson in that. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, Jacob deceives his brother then. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't as. It was. Wasn't as deceptive, I suppose, because he just kind of bribed him a little bit. But then later on, his mother. Well, at least we can
0: say he was straight up. Is like, I'm going to trade this birthright for this bowl of soup. Now, were there circumstances that made it particularly tempting? <laughs> yes. Of course. You, but it wasn't deceptive in the sense of a lie. But it was, then we
1: come to where he actually, under the lie. advisement of his mother, yes. lies to his father. Mm. Uh, another rich lesson there. Ellen White points out, and you see this in the scripture that. Um, his mother never saw her son again. Yes. Like, what a cost for this, which mm. she sincerely repented of, but it didn't mm-hmm. change the fact that she the never saw. The consequence remains, yeah. yes. Uh, so Jacob runs from home, and you now you've got to imagine that he's... <laughs> the birthright to Jacob was the spiritual birthright, and he desired that birthright. In fact, um Ellen White makes the point that Jacob esteemed the eternal above the temporal blessings. Mm-hmm. He wanted the birthright not for the inheritance. He wanted to be the a spiritual birthright. Leader.
0: He wanted that. Yeah,
1: that's right. The birthright came with his father's w- w- earthly wealth, mm-hmm. but it was also connected to that was the spiritual blessing, and Jacob really prized the spiritual blessing. Uh, but Ellen White makes a point in Patriarch, in fact, why don't you read what it says there, Patriarchs and Prophets 178 from
0: in our notes. Speaking of Jacob it says, while he thus esteemed eternal above temporal things, Jacob had not an experimental knowledge of the God whom he revered. His heart had not been renewed by divine grace. How, oh, Pastor Howard, I mean, <laughs> okay, so you want to talk Howard about another talking to- point. How many people grow, you know, I've heard of the Kehazi syndrome. Like he was just, he was was right there in the midst of it. And so he didn't really regard it. He didn't have his own Mm -hmm. experience with it. You think of Nicodemus at night who has been... a scholar and these things, a leader in the church, and and he still needs to be born or again. Or you ba-
1: go back to Uzzah, the priest who touched the ark. Mm. He was a son of Abinadab. The house, the ark rested in the house of Abinadab. Mm. He grew up with that thing in his house. So it became a commonplace thing. <laughs>
0: and and uh, the, the screaming application <laughs> yes. is to people who are either themselves in the church or have raised children in the church. Is it possible you can be... Close to the truth, you can be Adventist adjacent yes. the whole life, but never actually attach yourself to it in a, in a personal connection way. And here we have mm. Jacob, who wants to be a spiritual leader. Yes, he loves the concept of the prophecies and stuff going flowing through but he hadn't been born again. Yes, That's ah. the interesting thing is, a lot of times you th- you know, being born
1: again is that um, born into being born is spiritual, mm. and 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 that develops in you a love for spiritual things, but clearly from this, it's seen that there may be a a draw, you may be drawn to spiritual things before that, but that doesn't signify your. are That's converted. exactly right. And so mm. this is what we have with Jacob. Even though he desired the spiritual blessings, it did not make him spiritual. Mm. And what we see is in this story is he flees from home, and you've got to imagine now he has the blessing but it's like it's like robbing a church you know <laughs> yeah. or something it's like how much does this count for since it's like yeah. got it from trickery yeah and so he's plagued with the idea that he's god forsaken mm-hmm. and he's seeking for some kind of evidence that god will forgive him Mm. still not having uh, obtained that experience and then he has that dream. Yeah. And of course that turning point in Jacob the 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 dream of of Jacob's ladder. ladder. Ladder from heaven. He lays down with a pillow for a stone, the Bible says, and he dreams his dream and he sees this ladder going from heaven to earth and the angels of God going up and down in this ladder. Mm-hmm. And Ellen White tells us in Patriarchs and Prophets that God was clear, clearly explained to Jacob, even though he didn't fully grasp it, she said the rest of his life, he would ponder on that thought of that ladder that God revealed to Jacob that that ladder represented the Redeemer to come who would bridge mm-hmm. heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. And so when Jacob woke up, he realized that the Lord was telling him, I am with you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go with And The Lord told him that verbally, of course, Mm -hmm. uh, and gave him that promise. And so in this experience, it's interesting that when God appears to Jacob, well, I went back and I've got some notes in scripture here. Like, for example, in Genesis 26, 24, Mm -hmm. when God came to Isaac, he announced himself as the God of your father, Abraham. Mm -hmm. And then in Genesis 28, when he comes to Jacob, he announced himself in Genesis twenty eight thirteen as the God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. Mm. And of course, you know, we always think the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but there was a time when he was just the God of Abraham. Yeah, Isaac before there was an Isaac or Jacob. Isaac was a young man at this time. He had yeah. yielded himself to be sacrificed on the altar, if that's what it mm. takes. And still, when God comes to him, he says, I'm the God of Abraham, your father. Mm. Isaac had to choose him before Mercy. he became the God of Abraham and Isaac. And Jacob here at Bethel chooses. God gave him, revealed to him this plan of salvation in the latter, which we'll touch on in a minute. And then God reveals himself to mm. Jacob and gives him the opportunity to choose. And when God reveals himself to Moses in Exodus 3.15, he says, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob.
0: Wow. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, um, yeah, what, what a powerful, uh, th- that's a little, uh, it's almost an offshoot study, but you could look at those texts mm-hmm. and walk people through just that development that each faith leader had to make that faith their own faith that that's you talking point that's right. it's a personal god and um, you know and and just to interject please this is
1: unique to christianity mm. there are many religions even even so-called christian religions where god is afar off and you have to have all these mediators in between you and him it's mm. not the same True Bible Christianity portrays the God of heaven in such a different light from the pagan gods and even from the apostate Christian mm-hmm. you know, faith that he's a real personal God who wants to have that
0: And, and the next step I was thinking is it's not just, in, you know, for instance, in the creation story, it says, and God created. But later on, it tells mm-hmm. us that it was Christ who actually did the creating. Yes. And here, God revealed himself, but in the person of Jesus Christ. That's exactly to Abraham, right. it was the ram caught in the thicket. And Jesus would later say, he mm-hmm. saw my day and was glad. Right? right here, Christ, you had it in the notes in John chapter one, explains, by the way, that's the last time that ladder is mentioned until Jesus brings that's... it up and says that ladder was me. Yes. And so when, when God reveals himself to humanity, just it's in for the our person viewers, of it Jesus. It is in
1: our notes, John one fifty one, when he's speaking there, Jesus makes that application that that ladder referred to him.
0: Exactly right. And so like each of conference. these instances is, is a way for Obviously, Christ had not come incarnate to tabernacle with us yet, but in the way that he could, he revealed not only that there's a God in heaven, but specifically, the like, look at the ram caught in the thicket, it's the sacrifice, the condescension, Mm -hmm. the ladder, what does it represent? Christ coming all the way down to earth to be our access point, our conduit to heaven. And they understand, not that they're just a God in the heavens, but there is a personal God That's right. who's coming here for me. Every
1: one of these revelations was followed by it necessitated a personal response.
0: Exactly right.
1: Now, if, if Jacob could have not responded, but then you never would have had the Lord God of Abraham, That's your father, right. and Isaac and Jacob. It would have mm. been the God of Abraham and Isaac. I mean, wow. you know, and we've got it. you can't, you know, you've heard the old saying that God doesn't have grandchildren. I even know? put it
0: in the notes right there. God doesn't yeah. have grandchildren. Yeah. You
1: can't, you, just because you were born in a Christian home or Christian right. family or you were around it, you don't get it by osmosis. It's a personal choice. And, and how much is that in the
0: stuff. New Testament? Is like, don't say that I have Abraham as my father. God right. can raise up stones. And this whole theme all through the New mm. Testament, by the way, foreshadowing, I think we're going to touch on in next week's lesson, if I'm not mistaken. But the, the point is, is still important that... If he's not my God, then he's no God to me. Yes. He's either my God or not. That's right. And and anyway.
1: Well, what's fascinating then is the story, well, the story goes to a place that we so often would tend to maybe skip over. And that is that Jacob's response is to return a tithe to God. Mm-hmm. And, and what, what fascinates me about that is we have an example of his grandfather Abraham giving tithes yes. to Melchizedek. We yes. talked about that in recent lessons. We don't have, a, I don't know of a scripture record where it talks about Isaac returning tithes, but you would assume that he did just because it's something Jacob has an idea
0: of. Well, yeah, how, how, what are the odds that two different people would completely add, arbitrate? It's like, I got an idea. One, yes. t- it's like, clearly there's an understanding of something. But
1: something, that, that, what, what is very clear here is that Jacob had evidently not returned a tenth until now. Mm. So in all this time that he grew up in the home and everything, for him personally, (laughs) so part of his personal conversion experience was to start returning a faithful tithe.
0: Mark, let me just tell you, (laughs) again, we'll go back to the Advent adjacent concept. Is it possible to grow up in the church, go to church school, go to Mm. all the different things, work for the church, whatever, and still not in those practical things, maybe attend the prayer meetings, give a faithful tithe, whatever, serve in whatever capacity, share your faith these, what we would consider Christianity 101, the basics, right? Mm-hmm. Still, maybe you're just an observer and an keen. Yeah. but for him now, he's like, this is now my God. I've seen him myself. And the practical response, I need to give up myself to this.
1: That's right. And, and I don't know, I'm trying to remember if the lesson brings this out or whether it was in Patriarchs and Prophets, I read it, but uh, certainly, this was not Jacob paying his way to heaven, Mercy. but it was his response. Yeah. The fact that God just said, I'm going to be your God, I'm going to be with you and everything else. And Jacob responded by giving a tenth of all his increase to God. Mm. And it's interesting that Ellen White makes a comment on this in Patriarchs and Prophets. And she first says, and I don't have this part in the quote. I'm going to have you read the quote here in mm. a minute. But she leads into this quote by saying, commenting on Jacob, commenting on you know, uh, Abraham and Isaac, can those forefathers, forerunners of us, who who had such a limited knowledge of the plan of salvation as compared to us? Mm-hmm. I mean we have the Bible today, with all the record of their
0: history sure. which old they didn't and new have. testament. Yeah. And
1: and can we with all this light
0: give less than they gave? And mm. then she makes this statement. She says, Tithes for Christ, oh meager pittance, shameful recompense for that which costs so much. From the cross of Calvary, Christ calls for an unreserved consecration. All that we have, all that we are, should be devoted to God. And again, that's Patriots and Prophets 188. It's a
1: powerful statement. What meager pittance. I mean, a tenth is like, wow. It, honestly, Cameron, when we realize the value of the sacrifice of Christ, are we going to complain because, oh, man, I got to give a tenth back to God. No, you're going to have be faithful in tithes and offerings, and you're going to be a cheerful giver.
0: And, and you know, I think about how Satan wants to weave our... You know, we talked about that, how um, fate has not woven its meshes around yeah. us that we can't do anything. But you look at the finances of a lot of people are so woven in such a way that like giving a tenth, like That's I'm already right. living on 100%, if not 105, 100, I'm going backwards. How can I give up? Or they might think about the Sabbath. How can I give up this? Mm-hmm. Job? How can I... I mean, in theory, I love God, but I can't put it into practice. That's right. And and when we realize we're negotiating with such a silly position, just... We are. Anyway.
1: We give our 10th. I I read an interesting uh, statistic some years ago. I've got the article that the average lottery player gives 9% of their income to lottery tickets every year. Oh, wow. You know, so it's like, oh, I'm giving so much for tithe. We give it. We just Mm. give it to other things. And for some reason... Yeah, there's something wrong when we think it's too much to give to God, to return, to show thanks for Him giving everything to us. So anyway, that's a lesson that we find in in our story this week. And then finally, God's ultimate plan is to lead us all home. Now, you have in the story of Jacob where he goes on, and again, there's so much in this lesson. He goes and uh, finds his wife, uh, Rachel, and then his father, uh, father-in-law swindles him, yeah. deceives him back, as it yeah, were. A whole and there's, a whole, story. Yeah. there's a whole story in there. We didn't get into it. And and gives him his daughter Leah instead. And Leah evidently was, there, I know there's going to be all kinds of conjecture on how this could happen. No not dive into <laughs> speculation
0: now. Come on.
1: But we do know this. It couldn't have happened if Leah wasn't in on it.
0: She, she was an active and, and participant. And Ellen White
1: makes the mm. point as well. And that that made it hard for Jacob to really love Leah. It created all kinds of problems in the family. But long you story think? short, yeah. <laughs> yeah Might re- have
0: caught some trouble right from the start, huh?
1: But we go through Jacob's trouble with with his wives and, and, mm. and then the dowry that yeah, he... Because he didn't have the thing, money, yeah. that, working for 14 years. And then his, his uh, father-in-law tricking him and changing mm. his wages... And all the ups and downs and the infighting in his family between and then you his had the wives. And you had and the, the,
0: not only the wives, hmm. but you had the maids of the, the maids. wives. It, it's just, boy, the plot thickens. Yeah. Just
1: a mess. But I, I think it's important. You know, one of the things I, I wanted to draw a connection on is that that, that birthright of Jacob's, that spiritual birthright, is... is on record in the Scripture because we, too, are heirs of that birthright. Mm -hmm. You know, the Apostle Paul says we are joint heirs with Christ. Mm -hmm. He's the seed that the promises were made to. Yes, Uh, Isaac prefigured him. Galatians 4, 7 says something similarly. And so, in the same way, as God made a promise to Jacob, and he was going to fulfill that promise, and one day he was going to make him an inheritor of that land. Mm -hmm. And, And the spiritual lesson is huge, that in the same way, God wants to take us... He knew one day he was going to take Jacob home. But he Mm. knew that the only way to prepare Jacob for home was these circumstances he allowed in his life.
0: Mm. He had
1: to weed certain things out of his life because of choices he made. And it's fascinating when you think about it. Jacob made some wrong choices. But God was able to do a course correction. But it was a hard one. Mm. And in the same way, there's salvation is not beyond reach for any one of us but there are course corrections that are part of this life that will be a little bit sweeter if we recognize that these are put in place Mm -hmm. because it's god's way of taking us home
0: i mean again i'll come back that seems to be one of the central things why is the bible written in narrative form like this it could just give us facts and figures and stats but We get to watch Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Later, we'll see the same thing with Moses, 40 years in the wilderness, because he's trying to weave in us a a character. And it's all with that idea. You know, you have it in the notes there, Genesis 31, 3. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. Is that the correct answer? Yes. Yeah, and I'm looking at... um,
1: yeah, and I'm looking for. I don't have the reference in front of me. But when God approaches Jacob somewhere in this in this account, mm-hmm. he says to him, "I am the God of Bethel," which is really mm. interesting. So that her, that whole "I'm the God of Abraham" and "I'm the God of Isaac" to come to Jacob and say, "I am the God of Bethel." It's like that's the place yes. where you chose me, and so it's that personal. Like I'm your God, mm-hmm. and I'm coming back to you, and it's time to come home.
0: And all of his, I guess, the coming home aspect, like because all of his decisions. Even mm-hmm. you know mixed intentions as they might have been, right. have led him on this circuitous route, like the children of Israel, like wandering around. And the Lord at the end says, "All right, now come on back home." Right. Yes. And that's in Hebrews eleven. You think of the one of the qualities of all the faith heroes that are listed is they. I had their eyes set on going mm-hmm. home to mm-hmm. a land. You know, there God was. God was their father, their king, and and that God's weaving of circumstances and vicissitudes of life in our own experience is for the ultimate purpose of leading us home. I think of Jesus' promise, I go to prepare a place that where I am, there you may be also. Uh, This is the ultimate promise of the gospel, right? The great hope that we have. And they, though they didn't see Christ with their eyes in his earthly ministry, they understood the gospel message as that call home and the transformation of character that will fit us for heaven, yes. and it's a powerful testament to us today.
1: Yeah, it was thirty-one thirteen that I was referring to. There, where he tells him, "I am the God of Bethel." But yes, it's that. Um,
0: but the idea, the Lord's calling home, I'll be with you. I'm the God who was with you then when I made the promise that I've been with you every step of the way. Let's go home. Absolutely. I love that. So in conclusion, uh, I included a
1: statement that is on Friday's lesson. It's a quote from Ellen White. They took it from the SDA Bible commentary. But there's a couple sentences that weren't in the commentary that I found in the original mm. um, The reference, uh, there. reference to this. Letters and Manuscripts, Volume 7. And I've got it in our notes. Ellen White says, We might have looked and said, I long for heaven but how can I reach it? I see no way. That is what Jacob thought. And so God shows him a vision of the ladder, and that ladder connects earth with with heaven, with Jesus Christ. A man can climb it, for the base rests upon the earth, and the topmost round reaches into heaven. Then he climbs right away from the customs, practices, and fashions of the earth, right towards heaven, and the light and glory of God is upon every round of that mystic ladder, and man climbs upon who? Jesus Christ. Clings to what? Jesus Christ. Mm. Made one with whom? Jesus Christ. There he is, holding to the ladder, climbing the ladder round by round, and it is his work to get every everyone to come. In mm-hmm. other words, to reach every round, mm-hmm. as he's making progress. What a
0: picture of how we grow in Christ and how Jacob grew, grew in Christ. Now mm-hmm. we can grow in Christ. Amen, amen. And uh, yeah, that's that's got to be the landing point because the destination's mm-hmm. heaven, but the only access is in Jesus Christ, and by His grace we can climb that ladder. That He is yes. our access to the kingdom. Amen. All right, friends, we need to close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the rich blessings of Your Word. And thank you for the practical, relevant applications to our lives even today. Help us each to have that experience of Jacob that even though it might take twists and turns of our own uh, our own detriment that we've done in choosing, that you don't give up on us. You build us up. You invite us to climb that ladder who is Jesus Christ and by your grace become more like him. Let that be the experience of us all and let every Sabbath school class be a blessing to all in attendance. We pray in Jesus' name.